0: and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, Welcome back. Um, Welcome back, Scott. Thank you. Um, Last time we talked about my story of coming to faith in Jesus at followers, Mm -hmm. and so this time I thought we'd talk about what life was like uh, after coming to faith, but still being at followers. I'd love to hear about that. We were there for about three years after coming to faith. Oh. Um,
1: yeah. That's a while. Yeah.
0: Well it's uh <laughs> it was uh it was a great time and it was a terrifying time. Okay. Uh, All together. So mm-hmm. um I confess last time that I basically had to unlearn everything that I had learned kinda. There's a mm-hmm. lot of obstacles, a lot of baggage in the way when uh, Well there
1: is for everybody. I yeah, mean you had yeah. your particular ones, but I think there is for everybody. So sure. that's that's huh. fair. I wouldn't expect you to say otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have that's different right. issues if you'd say it otherwise, really. Right. So,
0: that's okay. Right. So we we talked about I came to faith in September of 2016 and and then I did start listening to some of those sermons that from the preachers that were outside of followers. Okay. And um I had several friends there that were doing the same thing. Uh, they were listening to sermons and learning, reading the Bible more, learning about Jesus. And uh, we started this text group of, uh, I, well, it, it was already started. I was just added to it, but it grew from, somebody might correct me on the numbers, but five or six guys to like 60 guys at oh one point, just really quickly. And then, um, and then people found out about the text group. And so I was on this text group without even my wife knowing that I was on this because these things are very, um, what's what's the word? <laughs> it's uh, I, we had to be secretive apparently. We had to be very secretive. Um, and again, it's that it's that fear of being pushed out to the edges. You know oh, okay. that your, um, your family will pay for it. Your kids will pay for it. They just they become risky to be around, kind Which of. Which is probably so. why you didn't necessarily tell your wife about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I just felt like I needed to know more before I could really approach her with anything. Because, if, you like I said, at this time we'd been married 25, 26 years, and I had to come to her and say everything that I've ever said or known to be right about the Bible, about salvation— uh, is wrong, and we have to start well, over is that
1: that 's the conversation you had with her
0: yeah we yeah, we had to have that conversation and um, I was listening to sermons long before she was willing to listen to sermons okay. but but she was fine with me taking that information and opening the Bible and talking to her about oh the okay. Bible so mm-hmm. that, which is great um, but that text group got very controversial. That's, that's the word I was looking for Welcome. earlier. Um, my wife got a phone call from a family member because they heard that I was part of this text group. And, uh, she told me that this was a phone call that she would have got, like if, she, if they had heard that I was into some kind of really bad behavior, you know, okay. and we, and, and wanting to find out if it was true and we need to get to the bottom of this and that kind of thing. And I remember a friend of mine. I called him to see how he was feeling. He was sick at the time, and um, we talked about that for a little while. And then he had to ask me, "Are you part of this text group?" And mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, I am. It's it's great. Do you do you want to be part of it? And, you know?" And I I knew he didn't. But okay. he um, he said, "No. People are really worried about you." And I said, "Well, nobody would be." worried about me if I was part of a text group talking about fantasy football or something like that. I said, all we're doing is talking about the Bible. And, and he said, well, of course they wouldn't. Nobody, nobody cares about fantasy football. You know, that, that wouldn't be a big deal. And I just thought that's so strange to me that when we're talking about Jesus, talking about the Bible, it's bad to be part of this text group. But if we were just doing something hmm. uh, for fun, nobody care. But um, the next summer, June of 2017, uh, John Robinson was his name. Okay. He's a pastor at a church, I believe out in Hillsboro, And he just showed up at followers and this is kind of unheard of. Really? He, didn't mean he, he wasn't invited or he, anything? No, he was not invited. Okay. He just, well, he might. someone may have invited okay. him, but he was not welcome. He, I would say he was well, not, not um, that doesn't normally happen. Right. Okay. Right. So he had evidently heard about followers from people who had left. I think that's true. I think oh, he some was people probably had made their way out there maybe. Exactly. and He had heard about it. Okay. Yeah. So he wanted to come out and profess the gospel to this group of people. And, uh, he showed up there with two of his elders and they just, as we were singing, he just walked up. Onto the pulpit, and his two elders walked up there with him, and he opened his Bible and started reading from First John, and started telling us that um, you can you can know that you have eternal life by believing in Jesus, and um, he was he was telling us that we had forgotten what grace was, and that we didn't know what Jesus had accomplished on the cross, and at least for me, that, that was true. And, you know, until, until my life had changed there, I didn't know about those things. And so he stood up there for, I don't know, 10 minutes, maybe. And men started standing up and saying, we need to, we need to take this into the back room, like uh, just the men we need to take, go out. And uh, mothers were going and getting their children from up front and bringing them back like they were scared. Oh, and wow. Yeah, it was something.
1: Was he was he reading from 1 uh, John 5, and this is a testimony, God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life.
0: I believe that was part of it. He was also reading from the part that uh, we declare these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal oh, okay. life. Mm-hmm. I think it's in chapter 3. Three maybe, but okay. I'm not sure. Um, but so we we proceeded into the back room. It's a big dance floor area. Did all kitchen, the guys go? And and the men followed him back there, and the women stayed where they were. The okay. women did not come back there. And people, it, it was really eye opening for me. He, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, the way he was treated out there was terrible. It, mm. He was. He was mocked. He was yelled at. Um, he was. If if anyone did um, agree with him, or if he had said, "Does an, Does anyone here believe that they are saved by grace?" And if people raised their hands, it, the response was, "Well, why don't you just leave and go to his church?" Then was the the response. So like, he
1: asked that. He did ask that question, and people yeah, did raise their
0: hand. Yeah, yeah, and it was. Um, and. And they, I, 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 was too scared to do anything at this point. boy. But, but yeah, it was, uh, let's be clear about that. But, okay. Um, I remember my son-in-law was standing right beside me. His his dad wasn't there that night, so he was standing right beside me, and we were just watching this. And every time John Robinson would say something about the Bible and about, and I would say, Yeah, that's that's true. You know, I would turn. And say, that, mm-hmm. That's true. And then some one of the guys, one of the men, would yell. We, you won't know you're saved until judgment day. It's all about your works. And I would turn and say, no, that's not true. <laughs> that's not, oh. that's not what the Bible teaches. But, um, it, it was, he basically stood there. He was questioned about his education. Did you go to school to learn this? And, and then he started to get a little snarky back maybe. And, mm-hmm. and, but he was making some good points. Like where, well, where did you learn to read? He asked, or did did you go to school to learn to read? No, so it it kind of got into that, and I think he eventually saw that this wasn't um, gonna go much further, and and he left to some more mocking and okay. uh, and uh, but I I know I know at least one of my friends he would tell you that his eyes were opened that day hearing mm. what he went out to the car and he and his wife said we. We have to know what this grace is about that he's talking about, so wow um it it was worth it, you know, whatever he mm-hmm. went through, I'm sure he would say it it was worth it too but um so we we went through that, and that was a that was a big uproar, and that was a thing that I found myself in the minority on again, like everybody was a large group were so upset about this, and I was not upset about this okay like, and so it was.
1: Did he, did he say what the
0: grace was? Did he, did
1: he explain what
0: grace was? I th- I think he did. I didn't mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly everything that he said. Right. I'm um I remember the event more than specifically I'll, I'll what bet he it. said. I mean, my eyes yeah. are wide
1: open. Listen yeah. to you. You're like, "Oh <laughs> yeah. boy, this sounds really like something." Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. It, it was something. So
1: I mean, what Though, let me if I could just interrupt. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference between you know, grace and you won't know you know, mm-hmm. you won't know, or it's based on your works or whatever. I mean, wh- what it, what is the difference there that was so explosive? I mean, how would you s- talk about grace, in a, you know, in a way that would help us understand it?
0: Yeah. Um, well, are, are you saying what, like, what grace is? That, yeah. Like to just, know? If okay. you could just say yeah. what grace is, yeah.
1: partly so, you know, I yeah. can understand and others could understand. Yeah. Why is that such a... Right.
0: Big deal. Right. Okay, one, one discussion comes to mind with a friend of mine who was talking about assurance of salvation, and I was talking with him about assurance of salvation. Okay. And, and the idea was that assurance of salvation, believing for someone to say, I am going to go to heaven, I, I have gained eternal life through okay. faith in Jesus, that comes across as arrogant to people. At follow or at least to this person I was talking to, I okay. was saying you mm-hmm. you can't know that you. And I remember saying, do you do you have to wait till judgment day to find out if Jesus really did die for your sins or not, or do you know that He did? And God's grace is that Jesus did mm. do that, and if you know that now. The answer's not going to be different on judgment day, so it's it's not an arrogant thing to say that it's It's the most humbling thing in the world to say that despite me, despite anything I've done, because of the work that Jesus has done, I have assurance of salvation in him, not in me there's
1: so really, what you're saying is that grace means you're counting on somebody else, yeah. not on yourself one hundred percent and in yeah. that i mean you're counting on Jesus, of course no? yes. Um, just any old body, but you're counting on Jesus instead of yourself. But but in in works, I mean, if somebody says it's based on your works, they would be counting on themselves. Right. That that's the right. distinction that that was so explosive in this meeting. is Basically, what right. I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: And you know there are there are those verses in the Bible that talk about being rewarded according to your deeds, and mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm. It, it became an argument and i was a brand new believer at the time too so mm-hmm. i was making horrible arguments myself it, it was a it it was either all grace or all works instead i had no understanding that grace and faith in jesus equals good works and yeah. only faith in jesus equals good works anything that you do outside of faith to jesus is not it's mm-hmm. not the good works that the Bible is talking about being yeah. rewarded for, but okay. so I was. I mean, I like I said, I I would love to have some conversations that I had back then. Some now. do overs. Some do some over. I would love to have yeah. some do overs. Wouldn't we all love do overs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the I guess the next um, the next event that happened after that was uh, the text group. Kind of got smaller again. People started to kind of um, weigh out the cost, mm. and and they just didn't really want to be associated with it anymore. Which um, I I did stay a part of that the whole time. Okay. Um, I but it um, it just kind of stopped being talked about because other things started to come up. Uh, a lot of the guys, these friends of mine that were part of this text group started doing a Bible study. um, And they had, I don't know, 50 or 60 people at a Bible study in someone's house. And um, that got to be the next really controversial thing. Mm -hmm. And that was where it got a little, that was still a little too hot for me at the time. I I wanted to go to it, but I just didn't have...
1: Was that kind of next level from, I mean, text was hot enough, but mm -hmm. to actually go to a Bible study... Yeah. Is like the next level hotness.
0: Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. And I remember in conversations where I thought it was safe, uh, defending the Bible study and trying to like dip your toe in the water and like I, I'd like to go to that Bible study. And okay. you you just get different different reactions to it, but but some people were just absolutely it it's uh one person called it it's the appearance of evil. To go to a Bible study, I, okay. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how they got to that hmm. conclusion, but uh, there was really a concern about a group of people without a leader in a Bible study. So it was. Uh,
1: it went back to the initial concern about the called
0: leader and exactly. Walter
1: and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So you, if you don't have you could come up with all kinds of crazy ideas, I think, is what people thought, if you didn't have someone there to tell you what the Bible says, someone mm-hmm. with a a okay. calling to okay. do that, with the authority to do that. So, mm. um, But anyway, the I, I, I talked to these friends of mine all the time, and the Bible study sounded like it was amazing, and they were learning a lot, and uh, I was jealous and... Cowardly, so I didn't go to the Bible study. Okay. But um, the Bible study, some of the guys in that Bible study started talking about baptism, mm-hmm. and baptism had always really bothered me. It it had it it weighed on me because even in the follower belief, um, they believe kind of in what you'd call baptismal regeneration that you're baptized into the church, and when the uh, preacher lays hands on you, that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's where it started. And, and then when the preacher died and there wasn't baptism anymore, there, there was all kinds of division and different ideas in the church, and maybe, you're, maybe you can inherit your parents' baptism. Uh, maybe we don't need baptism anymore. Th- this is something we'd have to probably have a whole episode. Yeah, maybe, on. maybe sometime, but that was, because <laughs> yeah. uh, that would
1: be problematic. Yeah. If you did need baptism and there was nobody to baptize you, that would be, it would seem yeah. to me that'd be a big obstacle, a big right. problem that
0: you have to somehow figure out. Right, and it, really, we've talked about the word contentious before, that people would get labeled contentious if they were saying, we need baptism, we need preaching, we need, you know, we need these things. Mm-hmm. They got labeled as they weren't being content in whatever state you're found like Paul says that he was so it again it's Bible interpretation but mm-hmm. they would they would use something like that that these guys doing a text group doing a Bible study needing all this extra stuff uh, that was just not being content in what God had given us interesting and so yeah it was it was challenging but anyway they started to talk about baptism and then a few of them decided, that they were going to get baptized, and I think you were there at that. But
1: I was. Yeah, that was quite a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to be at that, but I and mean, it, I couldn't even go to the Bible. Study, so, I, so I mean, I, I
1: really appreciate hearing yeah. sort of your perspective in the backstory because is from my perspective that just like came out of nowhere, mm. just like yeah. nothing, and then poof, there's these people lined up at the river's edge, and they're going to get baptized. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, wow, that's.
0: I've never seen anything quite like that before. Yeah, yeah, and it it did, I think, happen pretty quickly. Yeah, but, I think um, it did. Yeah, but uh, that became the next big controversial thing at followers. Some mm-hmm. Some video got leaked about that, and followers had, in their tradition, they had stopped baptizing publicly. They mm-hmm. had built a a baptismal or we called it a tank mm-hmm, and sure. and they were baptizing inside and the reason was they didn't want to be a spectacle. Like that's why they didn't baptize in the river. Okay. Which I think is interesting now. But um anyway we can talk about that later. Okay. Um but when they when they saw the video, when when people at Follower, when we saw the video, I was um, I had some questions because they, sure. they got baptized uh, by someone who I, I didn't know who it was at the right. time. I didn't know what his calling was. I mm-hmm. didn't know what his authority to baptize was. And then those men turned around and baptized others. Right. And this was this blew my mind a little bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the negative. I just wanted to know what the Bible said about it. You know, I That seems I like a good question. Yeah, I didn't have the negative I was hearing other people around me saying, This is this is of the devil. I, I feel mm-hmm. the devil when I watch this. They're making a mockery. When people would get baptized and come out of the water and there was the clapping and celebrating, they said they're just making a mockery of mm. baptism. And so this was another thing where I was like, Man, I'm every time something happens, I'm just more of a minority, I'm in the minority, what is going on? So every time it was fewer mm-hmm. and fewer people that were okay with what we're seeing. And
1: Which meant you're getting farther and farther from the center where you wanted to be. Where I wanted to be, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, so.
0: Wow. Yeah, so then after that first group uh, got baptized, they, they came back out to followers one time and yeah. uh a couple of them might have went more than once, but anyway, they they came out and they were like visibly rejected by people. Mm, they they mm-hmm. wouldn't they wouldn't greet them anymore, and I thought, what what's gonna happen now? I mean, it just felt like lines are being drawn everywhere, right? You know? And where are we gonna stand? And so they end up leaving. A lot of a lot of mm-hmm. my fr- the guys I'm talking to, a lot of them end up leaving, and that was. Toward the end of 2018, I think somewhere mm-hmm. maybe October or so, um,
1: which is about when I met several of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, a couple months later, my brother, they leave followers too. My mm-hmm. b- Gary, and Maria, and their family, and uh, I get a call from him that he's going to get baptized, and I, I'm so ashamed of this still. But I remember telling him I. I can't come to your baptism, and I thought this would be this would be something that would have divided us in the past. We we had a lot of differences of opinions, and mm-hmm. it was easier for us to just stay away from each other for a while. And I thought this is gonna this is gonna be a problem. And he just, instead he just crushed me by saying, "That's okay. I'll be at yours when you get baptized." And I just Ooh. thought, oh, man, <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, like <laughs> oh, it's horrible. But uh, it, it was great. Gary for the win. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, he says. And I thought, who is this? You know, th- this is so out of character for him. Uh, from, uh, But anyway, that was uh, something that, that I'll never forget. And I actually remembered that and was able to say that to other people a year later. Mm-hmm. When, when I was getting baptized and I had friends that were still there, I was able to go, yeah, I, who am I to be upset with them for not being there? I couldn't even go to my own brothers. Nice. And so that was a, a positive that came out of it. But um, So that was in December of 2018. And then in January of 2019, my dad died. Mm-hmm. And I had to call Gary and tell him, and he said, I have to be able to come to the house. And I said, of course you can come to that. You know, This was at my mom's house, mom and dad's house, and this is a big deal at followers. I mean, it was, people did not like, Gary and Maria were gone, they had left the church. So in a lot of people's minds, when you do that, you give up. It's you that is giving up access to your family the right to go to funerals, things like that, that they, they say you left us. So it would be Gary's fault. And I just, I just couldn't see it that way. There's no way I could say you can't come out and see mom and dad. So I said, come on out. And I had been having enough conversations with since she was completely on board with that by this point, she was, yeah, she knew that was the right thing to, I mean, it's just, the decent thing to do. Yeah, nothing no, else. Like I that, mean, yeah. you, you almost have to have been where we were to even understand that there's a question there. Right. Right. But um, but it was it was super awkward at the house when when people came in the room. So that that he died at home. Right. Okay. Um, and so until the funeral home and the medical examiner and everybody come, he you're, you're he's there at home, and so the family gathers and friends come from the church and um, console you and just want to comfort you and love you, and which is great. But when they came in the room, you could just see the look on people's faces when they saw that Gary and Maria were there. It was just, it, yeah, it got it got awkward. Wow. And so...
1: And it's, Gary's, it's Gary's dad, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he's there comforting his mom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had to make funeral arrangements and it became enough of a deal that I, this really was a, a, kind of the final straw for me almost with, uh, whether I wanted to be there anymore or not okay. was, was this, um, funeral arrangements because it got decided between my mom was not comfortable with Gary coming with the family to the funeral because of what that would look like to everyone else. Because a funeral would be a couple hundred people would come out to the cemetery and we'd have a graveside service. And, um, so I, we made different viewing times at the funeral home for Gary and his friends than, my mom, you know, uh, us as the family, he okay. wasn't considered part of that. He gotcha. had to have a separate viewing time. And so when we did schedule that, we, we went down first as the family. And then as the family left, knowing that Gary and his friends were coming, um, Cindy and I and Andrew and Madison stayed because we wanted to see them. We, we just, okay, we, d- we did not go along with, with what was going on. And... So we, we stayed there, and we saw them for a while, but then we well, had to get... He's your brother, and you yeah, just lost your dad. Exactly, you, That's yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not out of
1: normal. It seems, no. it seems no. like that's pretty no. normal, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, but it caused more division wow. in our family because we, then we went back out to my mom's, and then, then it was all the questions, where have you been? Everybody else has been back for a while. And okay. Cindy uh-huh. had to tell them we... Stayed there to see Gary and Maria. And, and it, yeah, people just did not like that. But, um, so we got through that. And in fact, at the funeral, there were a couple of people who saw Gary, who were still at Followers, saw Gary, went and consoled him, hugged him, told him how sorry oh, they were. Good. There were a couple who did that. And, and just for doing that, those people were. They had to have, like, meetings with their family about it and conversations, and I can't believe you did. it. was, like, brought up as a bad thing that they had done. And mm. it's just, yeah, it was... I had lost complete interest in being part of follower. I think that wow, was that was it, it for me. I, I did not want to be there anymore. Well, I would
1: think emotionally that would be just really hard to yeah. take. I mean, if it, you lost your dad and they're treating your brother like that, it's just like... Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay.
0: I, I I had to uh I had to apologize. I, again, I'd like a do over, but I had to I had to get in a pretty bad argument with my mom, who had just lost mm, her husband. Right. And and we're hashing it all all out of what we're gonna do and and she got upset, which she has every right to get upset. She had just mm-hmm. lost her husband, like right. I said, but she spoke up and said, uh I just, I just wish your dad was here to make this decision. And I just, of whether Gary could be at the funeral as part of the family. And I lost it. I just, I yelled and stood up and pointed my finger and told her, I would, I'll tell you exactly what dad would do if he was here. And said, he wouldn't care what anybody thought Gary would be at that funeral because it's his dad. And Mm -hmm. said, if this was your funeral, Gary would be there. And, and then I had to, and then I stormed out. You know, it was, it was horrible. And I had to come back and apologize. But mm-hmm. some of those things you just can't unsay once you've said them. <laughs> but it's, yeah. uh, anyway, it's... Uh, wow, that, that does sound hard, though. It, it was hard to yeah. see uh, people care more about... Honestly, it, it was hard to see people do exactly what I had done my whole life. And that was care more about what people thought of me than doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. and I I did it for a long time, so yeah. I'm I'm very familiar with it. But mm. um, so yeah, dad Dad dying was a huge huge thing. We he was who I stood by at church before and after church. I would talk to him, and uh, when he was gone, and and my friends had had left, who had gotten baptized and were going to other okay. churches and things like that. Um, it was that was a pretty dark few months for me. It was pretty mm-hmm. depressing we would We would go to church. Um, we still did have the hymns that we would sing, and that was great. but um, I would just sit in the car and wait for church to start and then if I'd see someone that I knew I had some ideas in common with, I could talk to them about stuff um, then I would go up on the porch and wait, but it was mostly just isolation mm. and Um, had some friends that we'd go out with a lot, and they were, they started watching some some shows like on Netflix and stuff about, um, can't remember the names of them, but like escaping the Amish or something like that. These other groups, um. and so we would we would talk about some of those kinds of things a little bit if if one of those people showed up, but um, it, it just got really uncomfortable to, to be there anymore. I, I knew that I was completely alone in, Mm. in how I believed. I knew that I wasn't holding to the traditions that I was expected to hold to anymore. And it just was, Mm. it was pretty miserable that last few months. And, uh, we ended up finally, uh, leaving around August of 2019, it might have been July of 2019 that that video came out of, was it called Religion to Grace? From Religion to Grace. From Religion to Grace. Mm -hmm. We were on vacation up at, uh, over at Crooked River Ranch uh, playing golf and somebody found this video. Well, I had already seen it because one of my friends, I worked with, one of my friends had showed it to me and. I thought it was great. I, I thought that what they were saying was the truth. I didn't disagree with, with anything. And when I saw the reaction that most of the people that we were on vacation with, there was probably a group of, I don't know, 20 of us or so okay. on vacation, maybe maybe five or six families. And w- again, we were on an island. We We would hear people... Just react so negatively to these things that we didn't, we just didn't have the same reaction. It didn't matter if it was the text group, the Bible study, the baptisms, um, the the funeral, it, the you know Gary being mm. at the funeral, and and then these videos. I was in the minority. In my reaction to every one of those things. Well, it's interesting. The reaction and,
1: that kind of came at you, or that you received, mm-hmm. was sort of the same. Also, mm-hmm. so every single thing was um, yeah. treated in the same vein, I guess you might say.
0: Yeah, and it and it was because it opposed the traditions mm-hmm. that we were supposed to be content with. Interesting, you know, and it, yeah. It's so we ended up. Um, after that trip we we came we came home on our actually on our way to that trip uh, we Cindy and I had we were just talking about my dad, we were talking about uh, just kind of how miserable things were out mm-hmm. there for the last year and uh, I told her that I have an appointment to talk to a pastor when we get home from this trip and I thought this was going to be kind of one of those, I was pushing the envelope with this, and I, I never tried to get her to do anything mm-hmm. that she didn't want to do through this. If whatever you're comfortable with, um, that's not true. I did turn on one sermon one time <laughs> in the truck that I really wanted her to hear, and she told me later, I was not ready to listen to that. And <laughs> so that's not completely true that I didn't push her at all, but... Uh, on this, I just told her I'm I'm gonna go talk to a pastor when we get back. That, uh, and she said, "Well, I'm gonna go with you then." And okay. it was just such a huge relief, you know, that because uh, that I mean, people's people's marriages have split over oh, this, yes, yeah. and so it's a uh, it's a big deal. And um, yeah, we we went and did that after mm-hmm. when we came back and. It was. She knew the cost too. She knew that it. We actually thought we would lose both of our kids and all of our grandkids as wow. far as um, associating with them. You know, and that we, was probably we about the final thing, though, too, yep, wasn't it? That, that for you out there. It was. Yeah. That was the. That was all. That was honestly the only reason that we were going to church anymore was because we had grandchildren there. We had mm-hmm. family there, and. I think I said multiple times to friends of mine who are still there um, through that last year, 2019, I, I would say if, if it wasn't for my family, I would never see the inside of that building ever again. Mm. And um, some of that I think was from pain and just well, certainly. The, the struggle that I had that year. But um, yeah, I just had no desire. I wanted something different. I wanted, I wanted to go to a place where we, learn about the Bible, where we, uh, love Jesus, where we do believe that we can have assurance of salvation and And where there's grace and where there's grace and where there's unconditional love. mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of, uh, an overview of what those three years were like, uh, after coming to faith. So I'm glad you made it. Yeah. I'm glad you found
1: grace and, um, I hope that uh you can uh you know ex- experience more of it and I hope that uh yeah. even people who listen can experience grace because it just it's it's just much easier I think and much um I don't know there's just more freedom I suppose you might say yeah. I don't I'm trying to think, I was looking for the right word but it's uh, it's at least worth a try to yeah. find some grace <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It
0: is. and and, I, you know, to bring up the, uh, the hymn that I wanted to bring up in oh, right. for this episode was, uh, was the song Blessed Assurance. It just, it just rings in my ear a conversation with a really good friend of mine that I haven't talked to for three years now. Mm. Um, we were talking about whether you can know that you were saved, and it took me a while. I, I didn't know if I could know. I, I didn't know how it worked. And, mm. and I remember talking to him about it, and he he finally turned to me, we were at work together, and he finally turned to me and said, I don't want to hear another word about assurance of salvation. And I just said, okay, and we'll, we'll just pray about it, I guess, is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And and that was a Thursday at work, and okay. that night we went to church, and we sang the song Blessed Assurance. Oh. And so... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, not <laughs> another word, right. yeah so it's um it's just it's just that idea of like i said do you, do you have to wait until mm. judgment day to to really find out if Jesus did die for your sins or not and and i I don't believe that the Bible tells us that we do i I think we can know him, and I think we can know uh now mm. that that we belong to his kingdom and if you belong to the kingdom of Jesus, you can be assured of mm. salvation. So, yeah. and we would sing it. We we would sing the words, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. So mm. I, I just don't know how, um, again, this is, it's just, one of those things, I don't know how I sang that for so many years, just not giving any thought to what I was singing or not understanding what I was singing. But, mm. um, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine is talking about what yeah, is going to come the in the future. Heaven, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, and purchase of God. I mean, yeah, God is the one who did the work, not, yeah. you know, not... The person. I mean, God has done it, and that's that's how you can have blessed assurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because His work's good enough when we're not sure ours is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And it it's so important to think of it that way, that it's someone who's saying that they know they're going to heaven is not saying an arrogant thing. That is not, they're not saying, if anyone's saying, I know I'm going to heaven because of something I've done, then that, that would be arrogant. But when I'm talking about assurance of salvation this blessed assurance mm-hmm. i'm talking about knowing that because of what jesus has done not because of anything that i have done right so
1: yeah mm, that's great thank you yeah. for sharing that and uh, i i wish i had known you then yeah <laughs> but uh, that was uh that sounds like that was a quite a journey yeah yeah it was i'm glad to be
0: on this side of it i'm glad you are so. too <laughs> all right well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.